Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pets App Podcast. I'm joined today by Alistair McNall. He is a locum vet and author of the Vet Mindfully blog, having previously held senior vet positions at the vet, CVS, and elsewhere. And he brought us at the Mindful Bitch Spay. Alistair, can we start by talking about exactly what that is? All right. Yeah, the, so the Mindful Bitch Spay, the, uh, that, um, that came about... Uh, after I'd um, you know had some experience of uh, talking therapies and um, getting um, uh, really into mindfulness, one day I found that while I was doing a rather large bit of I think it was about fifty kilo uh, mastiff, um, I was actually using the techniques of mindfulness just to um, split the the um the process into step by step um, a step by step process and i found that i was getting the operation done so much more efficiently without any anxiety building up and i thought actually yeah i'm i'm using mindfulness here to a very very positive um effect uh, in my everyday life and I sat down and, and, and actually thought about it and wrote that piece, the, the Mindful Bitch Bay, using mindfulness to just, as I say, break it all down into a step-by-step process, be focused in what you're doing, uh, not worrying about what other things you have to do in the day and just, you know, getting getting the job done as 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 stress-free as possible and I wrote that down and I sent it to VetLife who uh, unsurprisingly said that they they get a lot of uh, people being anxious about doing bitch space because it's not something you can avoid doing really in general For practice sure. um, and you know they had a lot of inquiries about that and they really liked the piece and they they put it on their um uh, their uh, pages um and uh, i then went on to you know uh, create the the blog and the vet mindfully blog um and it, it really went from there. Brilliant. And maybe we should just sort of take a step back because um, most people listening uh, will know what a bitch spay is. Yes. If, if you don't know what a bitch spay is, probably this episode is not for you. <laughs> but not everyone listening will know uh, what mindfulness is. Absolutely. So do you want to have a crack at de- defining that for us? Defining mindfulness, um, it, it's quite straightforward. It's about being present in the moment uh it's about actually being and experiencing what you're doing rather than actually just doing it automatically um so it it, the the roots of mindfulness go way back um so to the traditions particularly of um yoga and buddhism the um that is really where uh, about the the, the the sort of being present in the moment comes from it has been kind of repackaged um, more recently uh, and has become known as mindfulness um, and it's it's a very simple concept but it's one that can be 
very powerful in helping with um, coping with um, anxiety, depression, concentration, um, and it, it just generally helps you get more out of life um, because you 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 become aware of what you're doing how it's affecting your emotions, how it's affecting what thoughts uh, that you're having, how it's affecting your body. So you know, it is a very powerful thing. Uh, it's, it's something that is, you, you, know, you can pick up a, a, a self-help book uh, and learn about it, but I do think it is uh, more beneficial to have um, some sort of um you know teacher if you like um to uh, help guide you through it all um and it as i say although it's a very simple concept it is quite difficult to do it's, um when you start it's you tend to sort of start by sitting down and, and and doing exercises like concentrating on your breathing for a few minutes um and just getting used to this idea but as as it develops within you uh, it becomes part of of your very being if you like uh where you know, you, you you you've got a constant um monitor if, of your your thoughts and emotions and you think oh that's making me feel this way or that's making me feel that way why is it making me feel that way and um you you you, you get a, you know, a lot a lot out of it super interesting super interesting and i guess is it, it, the experience of it will be slightly different for different people and it's important not to be too uh, prescriptive yeah, it's a it's a technique that anybody can use, but you know, yes, we are all individuals. We all have our own experiences, which have um, led us to where we are now, and we all react differently to to different things. But the the important thing about mindfulness is you you actually become aware of how how you're reacting and and. You know, what you know, what you're feeling and how it how it's affecting affecting you physically and mentally. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen I've I've seen you write uh, very in a very compelling way on uh, the importance of taking time for reflection. Yeah, uh, but then you just described mindfulness as, as about being in the in the present moment. Yeah, how, how do you reconcile the two? Yeah, uh, well, I think I think they they, they are very much. Um, you know, um, there's a big interplay between the, the two of them because I think without the mindfulness, it's more difficult to reflect because it, with the mindfulness, you, you, you know how things have um, gone, how, 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 how you've reacted to them, have they gone well, have they gone badly, whatever. And then you then setting the same a bit of time afterwards to reflect on that, you can get a deeper understanding of you know, why things went the way they did, good or bad. Yeah. And then you can start to think, well, wait a minute, is that a, a sensible thing to be thinking? Or you know, is there ev evidence to support that that's actually um, the truth of the matter? Or is it just made-up thoughts that are just – whizzing about in your head 
uh, that are maybe creating a um, you know a, a false a false reality, if you will. Um, but uh, you know that time of reflection can and and with the the backed up with the mindfulness, you can form a very strong um, plan to go forward. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And am I right in thinking you're a big advocate for taking some of these practices in, into practice? So uh, time for, re- for reflection, um, you talk about uh, taking the time to have team meetings, for example. Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, again, um, we see a lot I mean, within the profession, there is a, there is a huge problem with uh, stress, burnout, uh, you know, People feeling undervalued, not supported, uh, and you, you just have to look at any of the um, the sort of um, vet forums uh, on social media, and it's just crowded with that sort of uh, content. And there's very little on how to sort of reduce the stress of the of the job um you you know the, the, there's a lot of talk and you, you see it in within companies and uh that there's um the opportunities to cope with stress but i feel that it's better if we rather than just getting into this mindset of yeah it's a stressful job we've got to cope with it uh here are some resources to help you cope with it why don't we look at it as we can make it less stressful. And I, I really believe that one of the biggest ways forward to, with that would be to have some regular t- team meetings, getting together to to reflect on what's happened uh, in the recent past, um, what's gone well for us, what's not gone so, so well for us, what our clients are saying to us, uh, what our, uh, co- how our colleagues are feeling, and we can we can talk about these things, and we can set um, processes in place to help everybody. You know, you find out where people are finding difficulties, where people are finding successes, share that success, and then you know, work out what's needed to help people progress, to feel supported, to um, really actually start to to enjoy the job rather than, you know, just coping with it. Yeah, I, uh, the, the sceptic voice there, I can hear sort of um, people working in busy practices sort of shouting, um, out there uh, at their preferred podcast format yes. that hey Alistair we'd love to do team meetings but we barely have time to do it to get lunch yeah yeah with the phones ringing off the hook anytime we do try we can't all get in one room because someone has to start the phones um etc yeah how, in, practically how do we make this happen I, I i i think that we need to have a bit of a culture change and we need to set aside time uh, personally i would suggest <coughs> excuse me once a week uh where you can have meetings that last no more than an hour maybe even just 45 minutes so it's not a long time out of the working week um i do think it has to be in the normal working hours but you know that time can be set aside um, in the diary so we know we're not booking in any consultations at that point 
how it's tailored in each individual practice will have to be worked out at the individual practice level. But I think the, the fundamental mindset is that time is set aside for meetings. Now, I think almost impossible to have everybody in the meeting at one time. Uh, yes, somebody has to answer the phone. If you're in a multi-branch practice, it may be that you can coordinate with other branches and you could divert the phones for that 45 minutes. Um, yes, emergencies can come in, but um, if we maybe allocate uh, you know, a vet and a nurse uh, to deal with emergencies, if they come in, but you have you know a different vets and different nurses every week so is it's not uh, the same person that's having to deal with it and i think if we're if we're having them weekly then you know we, they're shorter uh they are more focused you can get a lot more done um and and they become more valuable what I feel does happen at the moment, and I, I see this in a number of practices, where they think, yeah, we want to have meetings, but you know, we're only going to have them sort of once a month, once every two months, something like that. Well, the day comes for that meeting, and and something happens to make it not happen, and then it's another month or another two months before another meeting comes along, and then there's the, the agenda of that meeting gets longer and longer and longer, and you end up, it's it's just not going to be a, a useful or pleasant experience. Um, so I think, yeah, everybody's shouting at us, Let, you know, we're, we're, we're far too busy. I haven't seen a practice where you couldn't find 45 minutes a week to block off some time and um you know it, it, with the exception of emergencies um the you know where you couldn't actually do this yeah it's interesting that we allow the sort of telephone to dictate what we can and can't do and obviously we're on a bit of a mission to to free practices from from the tyranny of the telephone and and putting people back in charge of their own workflows yeah. is key to them sort of feeling happy and performing at their best. Yeah. But these things don't have to be done just on the group level. You also talk to talk about more sort of one to one formats. Yeah. I'm thinking of the stuff you've talked about on mentoring. Yes. Yeah. Talk to us a bit about that. So I think that's that, that you know that, that all these things. Are are all going to help, and the mentoring is 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 really is good to have somebody that you can just talk to, a colleague that understands what you know, what's involved with being a vet um, or a nurse, and you can you, you can talk to them about anything, uh, uh, and, and again, it, it's it's encouraging that. Um, culture of you know no no blame no non-judgment um so you can you, you know rather than people going around thinking oh this this is you know i'm i'm terrible at this or i'm you know i, I don't understand that and rather than look you know i don't want to feel stupid by um not uh, asking anybody or my boss about it or whatever. You've got somebody as a mentor who you can talk about all these things, and that mentor can 
guide you as to, right, well, you can find this information here or maybe we want to organise a CPD uh, event in, in, in that. Um, so, and that's, that, that's the mentoring thing. The, the one-to-ones, you know, you, you still need the one-to-ones with, um, you know, with your, your managers, uh, be they the practice owner, your boss, you know, whatever uh, the structure is, where you, you, you can um, ask for, you know, support, guidance, um, and, you know, they can ask you to, you know, this is what we, you know, we'd like you to do. Are you okay with that? Uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's a more structured um, uh, sort of review process, uh, which is important. Uh, and, but the mentoring is, is just somebody that you can actually talk to at any time just to, sound them out you know just explore maybe you know uh what what you're feeling what you're experiencing uh is this normal is it not normal or um you know have you seen this have you done that uh and Mm -hmm. just just you know sit down and chat at any time yeah, there's this there's this meme that did the rounds on the internet um, that I think applies to to veterinary medicine, where um, someone in a meeting says, you know, what what if we invest in our people and they leave, hmm. and then the sort of wiser head says, um, what if we don't invest in them and they stay? And I think that's yeah. that's very much the, the theme here, isn't it? That we need to we need to invest in each other and be there for each other. To, to create these uh, high-performing teams. Yes, I, I, I firmly believe that. Um, um, and, you know, I, I'm also quite aware that, it, you know, it, it, it is going to be a little bit of a, a, a culture change. I think with the, with the pandemic, we've already shown that we can adapt um, because we're already using yeah, uh, platforms like PetsApp. We're already using um, the phone to speak to clients before bringing the animals in. We're, we're, we're not allowing clients into the, the premises by and large. Um, so, you know, we've already shown that we can adapt. So I think now's a good time to think, right, as maybe the lockdown starts to lift and, you know, we've got these other resources now, how can we make practice even better definitely we don't we don't have to do things the the way they've always been done there is an opportunity for uh resetting expectations do you have any advice on that sort of change management process because you know people on average in general they 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 do fear change so how do we help them embrace it and see the opportunities I think undoubtedly that's that's the, the the biggest the biggest hurdle uh Change is always seen, well, usually seen um, to, with a, a suspicious mind. But um, I think you know, we've got it. We've got to grab that opportunity. I think setting out. I think it's important to set out what the the goals are for the changes that we're going to implement what the benefits are to the individual, what the benefits are to the, the, the practice, and, and indeed I think what, what the benefits are to the profession as a whole. Uh, you know, the, the um, 
practice standards schemes is a, a good place to start. They, they require that you do have meetings regularly, um, but they, you know, they, that what is regular as far as they are concerned, it could be once a month, it could be once every six months. It, it, it seems to be a, a very um, you know, um, non-defined um, yeah, regular, regular like, rather than frequent. I guess. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's a, a good place to start as well. Um, there are resources like the um, the Royal College um, Knowledge Site um, that's got a lot of good um, sort of uh, tips and um, you know uh, guidelines for well things like significant events and um, evidence-based medicine I, I do believe that they are starting to um, bring together you know practice meeting type uh, advice as well um, yeah uh, so but I think yeah I think the outside is that we, we we've got to be able to sort of sit down and say look this is why we're doing this this is what we want to uh, want success to look like uh it's it's a, 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 and we've got to try and get people to buy into that you know, this, the, uh, as as senior uh, members of the profession we've got to try and uh, buy, get the younger members to 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 buy into this and that, yeah. that doesn't necessarily have to be the you know uh, practice owners or bosses. I think just you know, um, you know, us senior members of the profession. Um, you know, rather than just saying, "Oh yeah, it was good enough for me in my day." You know, here I am. I'm saying, "Look, I've seen all this, and I've seen what you know what the difficulties are. Let's let's do something about it." Yeah, for sure. And I think when you're faced by a team of people who already feel stretched, just layering on one more thing isn't going to work. So you have to very quickly communicate uh, the what's in it for me rather than um, expecting people just to, just to get on board with it um, through you know, drawing on a, a seemingly bottomless well of good, goodwill. So I think, I think that's, that's well said. Do you think um, part of this is, is the need to build, build resilience? Do we need to build resilience to change, resilience in practice? Is, is that part of what the uh, mentoring is? Yes, I, I, I do. I, but I think I think you know, the, these processes, the mentoring, the the, the, the meetings, um, and on the individual um, levels, using techniques like mindfulness, those are the things that do build resistance. Now, everybody has um, a set level of resilience, um, the, which will be different for everybody, and. There will be events during your your day that will eat away at that resilience, um, and eventually it will be taken away, and you start to crumble a little bit under the pressure. Uh, but yeah, you know, what what that level is 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 very much an individual thing. But anything and everything that we can do to try and just build up a little bit more resistance it will help to um reduce the number of people i think that are ending up struggling and it's not going to stop it altogether because you know it's, it's no. it is a stressful job there's no doubt about it but 
it will help, I think, um, to you know, really reduce the, the the number and and the frequency of of people reaching that point of burning out and um, you know not uh, not able to cope anymore because you know that's that's such a sad thing to uh, to see. Definitely, that's it. Not the outcome, an outcome anyone wants. I think that's the great thing about um, what I've read of your writing, Alistair, is, is you're actually tackling it from both sides. It's you know, yes, doing things to build resilience, but also doing things to decrease the amount of resilience anyone needs to survive and, and thrive across the veterinary professions. And so, thank you for that. And uh, we're coming to the end of our, our time here. I just wanted to ask you a final question around if people want to learn more about uh, what we've discussed. Where can they find you? Where can they can find me? Uh, you can find me at um, mindful.vet. So uh, just type that in and, and you will find me. That's the Vet Mindfully uh, website. And you'll, you'll come up a with a picture of my three-legged Labrador looking over, the, uh, over a, a Cornish sunset on the seaside. A nice and peaceful image uh, there. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got contact pages and everything there. So that's, that's where you can find me. Brilliant. Uh, and thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. <laughs>